Welcome to Today on Broadway for Friday, December 8th, 2017. I'm Broadway World's Matt Tamanini. Is that Frida or Friday? It's Frida. James, <laughs> I'm typing this at 6.30 in the morning. Yes, I was making an allusion to the great Mexican painter Frida uh. and the movie by Salma Hayek. No, it's Friday, James. You know what it is. <laughs> I say the same thing every day. I started typing at 6.30 in the morning. Get over it. You say Friday every day? Oh, Jesus Christ. I'm James Marino from BroadwayRadio.com and BroadwayStars.com. And I'm Broadway AMA's Caitlin Mulligan. You know, we should, we, should, we, should, we, should, we should do something right here, right now. Um, you only, if you are somebody who gets health care through the Affordable Care Act, you only have one week left to sign up. Yes. So uh, let's uh, sign up at the Affordable Care Act website. Uh, you only have until Friday, next Friday, the 15th. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you take care of that. Yeah, healthcare.gov. Healthcare, so, uh, good. Exactly. Thanks for Thanks for throwing that in, James. Something else I'm going to throw in here. This just came into my email box this morning right before we recorded, and that is Shoshana Bean and Morgan James have uh, announced that they are currently going through the Pledge Music website uh, in hopes of raising money to fund an album of their female-centered Jesus Christ superstar. You remember earlier this year, they did a concert version of that at the Highline Ballroom that was completely sold out. It also featured Orfe and a bunch of other people. Uh, my friend Ellen Marie Marsh, I think Eden Espinosa might have been a part of it too. So they just dropped this uh, announcement. We'll have a link to that in the show notes at broaderradio.com if you want to contribute. I, I think this is going to be a really cool thing. There's a little too much riffing in the uh, uh, in the performance videos that I saw last year, but these two are incredible vocalists. So I would kill to have this album figuratively not literally i wouldn't kill anybody but we'll have the link if you want to contribute to that here during this holiday season and hopefully we'll get that album sometime soon as well oh you know we're doing public service announcements have one more (laughs) okay Um, go for it caitlin are you there yeah Yeah. so uh have you ever been to like a um a grocery store in the new york city area before there's snow um yes it, it get your milk and bread now because people think it's the apocalypse because we're going to have 46 inches of snow this weekend. Wait, really? <laughs> yeah, this one, this is a public service announcement part of the podcast. Yeah. But it said that it wasn't going to snow. It's going to snow now. They said 46 inches. Yeah. Oh man. My mom's going to be excited. She's coming this weekend. Ooh. I've well, only seen snow once. I know. We talked about that. Did In that. her whole life. Mm. Oh, well. Oh, well. So we need to move on to the news of the day. The Roundabout announces a cast for the Broadway revival of Travesties. Yeah, James, this morning at promptly 8.30 a.m. sharp, the Roundabout Theater Company, along with Chocolate Factory Productions and Sonia Friedman Productions, announced the full cast for the upcoming Broadway revival of Tom Stoppard's Travesties. Joining the previously announced Tom Hollander will be Peter McDonald, Seth Nurich, Nicholas Woodison, Scarlett Strahlin, Sarah Topham, uh, Opal Allerton, and Patrick Kerr. The cast is a mix of both British and American actors, with McDonald and Allerton returning to the production after co-starring with Hollander at the Minier Chocolate Factory in the show last year. Directed by Patrick Marborough, as it was in London, the production will be the first Broadway revival of the show following its debut in 1975. Previews begin on March 29th, with an opening scheduled for April 24th. Roundabout currently has the revival scheduled to run through June 17th at 
at the American Airlines Theater. And James, as we talked about when the show was originally running at Menier, uh, it got huge, incredible reviews. Then it went uh, to the West End as well. Uh, and uh, this is one of those shows that I think is kind of under the radar because it is a London transfer, not any huge, huge stars. I mean, Tom Holland is a name that a lot of people know, but not necessarily a huge star. I think this is going to be one of those plays that slips through the radar until it shows up on Broadway and then makes some noise for a lot of folks uh, in the awards season with between this and Angels in America. Uh, it's going to be a packed season. And I think that you're right here that this is uh, got, you know, had great reviews over at Menier and uh, bring in some good, talented people here. So I suppose it'll be in the horse race. So next up in showing casting news, uh, Aladdin stars to reunite, reunite. <laughs> Let's make sure that they don't reunite. The Aladdin stars try to reunite. They don't try. One more time. Aladdin stars to reunite Los Angeles. Yeah, James and Caitlin, there was a lot going on in Agrabah yesterday. As first, we got the announcement <laughs> that original Broadway stars Adam Jacobs and Courtney Reed, along with Michael James Scott, who was James Monroe Agarhart's standby and then took over for the role when James left, they would all be reuniting for a five-week run of the Disney musical's Los Angeles premiere at the Hollywood Pantages Theater beginning in January. The show will actually sit down for a full 12 weeks in L.A. from January 10th through March 31st with Jacobs and Scott playing the full run. Jacobs is currently leading the national tour. And then with Reed coming in directly from the Broadway production for those five weeks, Isabel McCullough, who is currently playing Jasmine on the national tour, will do the first couple days in L.A., then she'll leave, then she'll return to the role in February 20th. When I first read this announcement, I was like, oh, that's, you know, I mean, I understand you're bringing in the original Broadway cast to reunite him. So I kind of felt bad for McCullough, who's getting put out of work for five weeks. And then I realized what she was going to be doing during those five weeks when a second press release came in. So with Reed leaving the Broadway production for the first time, they're going to be in need of a new princess. So they kept it all in the family. Actually, they kept it in multiple families. As first, McCullough will be heading directly from L.A., to Broadway while Reed is in Los Angeles, and she'll be playing Jasmine in New York from January 17th through February 18th. Then, as we said, she'll go back to the, to the national tour in L.A., so they'll need another Jasmine. That is where another family member comes in, as the full-time replacement will be the original Jasmine from the Australian production, who just also so happens to be Adam Jacobs' sister, Ariel. I hope you're writing this down. I'm going to test you later. Jacobs was seen was last seen on Broadway. You're going to get that reference here in a second. Because uh, on Broadway, she was last seen as a Nina replacement in In the Heights. And I also saw her on the national tour of the show as well. She will be joining our friend Telly Lee Young and Major Attaway in the Broadway cast as well. So lots of stuff going on with Aladdin. But they seem to keep it all, like I said, in a in the family. Um, I remember when Ariel got the announcement that she was going to be doing uh, Jasmine in Australia. Her and her brother Adam did a nice little cool video of them singing together, but and then showed it to their parents to to break the news to them. I wonder if we're going to get some sort of uh, surprise reveal that Ariel will be returning to Broadway in this. And of course, I do think it's interesting that her name's Ariel and she's playing Jasmine, yeah. but that's. <laughs> That's, maybe that's just something for me and, and Caitlin, who's a, a big Disney file as well. <laughs> maybe this is like, uh, you know, Wick has got the global alphabas, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that just yeah. alphabet on a plane. 
you know. Yeah, she's like the she's like the Christine Dwyer of of Aladdin. But she could just jump on a magic carpet. Oh man. Oh. I'm sorry I missed that joke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Michael Luaye. 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 Luaye yeah. to return to Broadway's Hamilton. Yeah, speaking of tour stars going to Broadway yesterday in the Los Angeles Times, current tour Alexander Hamilton, Michael Luaye, announced, and then it was subsequently confirmed, that he would be heading back to Broadway in the role in January. After starting as an alternate on Broadway pretty much straight out of college, Luaye has led the Angelica tour of the show in both of its California sit-downs this year. That also means that current Hamilton on Broadway, Javier Munoz, will be exiting the New York production as well. No word on what's next for him. However, I, as I think I've said before here this week, I would not be surprised if we get a rash of other Hamilton-related casting announcements, both for Broadway and tour and the tour very soon as the second national tour gets ready to begin. Um, I would imagine that announcing that Luaye would be going back to Broadway would just be the opening salvo and a lot of fun casting announcements to come. If you've been paying attention to social media, some people who you could legitimately assume uh, could be part of the cast of Hamilton have been posting equity contracts with the show's name blurred out. So I think we'll be getting some of those very soon. Um, in other show and casting news, Caitlin, are you a fan of the CW television show, The Vampire Diaries? Uh, no. <laughs> okay. Neither am I. I just figured. Ask me questions and I let you down every time. That's all right. It's a story of my life. I just figured of the three of us, it would most likely be you, but that's fine. Either way, James, no, you, Vampire Diary fan? No. My wife watches them. <laughs> uh, oh, okay. Close enough. I do love the CW, though. Yeah, I do too. My, my, my favorite shows are on the CW. But anyway, yesterday, the Ensemble for the Romantic Century, which I guess is a thing in New York, announced that joining Tony nominee Robert Fairchild in the off-Broadway premiere of a new production of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein will be the Vampire Diary star Paul Wesley. As we've discussed before, Fairchild will star in this show as well as he will make his debut as a choreographer with the show as well. It will have a very short run off-Broadway at the Pershing Square Signature Center from December 21st through January 7th. I'm, this interests me a lot as, I, as when we made this original announcement um, about this, um, I, I said Frankenstein is, is one of my favorite novels of all time. It's a super short run, but when you have to bring in an acclaimed opera star to choreograph, but it's not necessarily a musical, um, that makes me really interested. Uh, Donald T. Sanders will direct, so I'm interested to hear what this is all about when it uh, begins performances here in a couple weeks. So Anna DeVere Smith, uh, Notes from the Field, to debut on HBO in 2018. Yeah, this is something that uh, I think we've kind of heard a little bit about but didn't know the exact dates yet. But uh, Notes from the Field, the adaptation of Tony and Pulitzer Prize nominee Anna DeVere Smith's acclaimed one-woman show of the same name will debut on Saturday, February 24th on HBO. Uh, the film presentation dramatizes the accounts of students, parents and teachers, as well as administrators caught in America's school to prison pipeline. And uh, this is a show that had a, an acclaimed off Broadway run at second stage last year. And, uh, and, and Anna DeVere Smith has been doing around the country as well. Anytime you get to see her do one of these one woman shows, I think is incredible. I've seen one before and um, I'm very much looking forward to seeing this one on HBO here in a couple months. Uh, all right. What do we have in the recommendation section? 
Well, actually, it's something that you have in the recommendation sections, James. Yesterday, you sent me an email with a link to a recent episode of the Freakonomics podcast in which Broadway producers Jeffrey Seller and Hal Leftig talked about their shows, Hamilton and Kinky Boots, as well as Springsteen on Broadway. Um, and all of the ticketing issues, sorry, trigger you? Did I trigger you with that? Yeah, this episode this episode of Freakonomics really uh, outlined for me how I'm never going to see Springsteen on Broadway. <laughs> okay, well, um, so, so tell us a little bit about this this episode and, and what was going on. I love, I love me some Freakonomics, but haven't listened to this one yet. So uh, they talked about, you know, Freakonomics is an economics podcast, uh, and uh, they happen to talk about what happens in the ticketing world and how everybody hates to buy tickets because of uh, pricing and complications and things like that. They go along with ticketing and fees. And they talk to two Broadway producers, Jeffrey Seller and Hal Luftig. Uh, Jeffrey, of course, of Hamilton uh, and Rent fame and Hal, uh, many shows. But uh, they talked about Kinky Boots in specific for Hal. Um and then they talked about the Bruce Springsteen tickets, about the verified fan system and how they're trying to use that. And that uh, 95% of tickets that they that are purchased through verified fan uh, do not make it onto the secondary market. They're able to track that. They And so they think that the verified fan system is really working out. But um, <clears throat> they're also talking about how uh, $75 tickets that are in the, uh, being, uh, sold through the, uh, lottery system, uh, are commonly going between, uh, one and $2,000, <clears> excuse me, one and $2,000 on the, uh, on like StubHub and things like that. It's a really interesting wow. listen to, uh, the ticketing woes and Broadway fans are not going to be happy about, you know, the, <laughs> the economics point of view on this is, you know, truly that, that the prices should be, are, are the, the economics theory is that the prices are artificially low and should be uh, left to a auction market system uh, so that the producers get the most efficiency out of it, basically raise, raise prices. So, but it's an yeah. interesting po- it's an interesting podcast, an interesting economics look on tickets on Broadway. Yeah, I definitely don't like uh, saying that the prices are artificially low. Uh, I think that a lot of people would disagree, but I understand that you're the one with an economics degree, not me. So uh, I'll believe you. Well, you know the uh, they compare it against other things, uh, other forms of entertainment. And like you know, um, sporting events and things like that that have very expensive tickets. I mean, what what are what are tickets to Ohio State football games going for? You know, not the student uh, tickets, but the general public tickets. Um, it it is a case of of uh, dynamic pricing as well. They have different prices for Ohio State games depending on who the opponent is. So they generally set at the beginning of the year. Um, if they have, let's say they have, you know, seven or eight home games, uh, they set a handful, three or four as a higher ticket price. And I'm sure that I think that's probably in the 150 range. Um, and, you know, the other ones against maybe lesser opponents, a little bit lower. So I haven't bought tickets through the university in a long time, but um, I, I, 
you know, I, I think they're fairly comparable to what a Broadway show is. Caitlin, you probably purchased college football tickets more recently than I did. Granted, granted you did it at a, as a student. Any idea what tickets go for in Gainesville? Um, yeah, I mean, I never actually bought anyone full price tickets before because they were usually expensive. And I know for games that weren't in our student ticket package, like when they played um, Michigan and I forgot where it was, but it wasn't. Uh, did I? That was not allowed that to was say the, the M word. Yeah, I'm sorry. Right. That, that was probably. I think that was in uh, in Jerry World out in Arlington, Texas. Yeah, I think those tickets were like somewhere around like ninety five dollars for students or something like that. I mean, I just um, I know that it's pretty expensive to buy tickets yeah. when it's not the student package. <laughs> so you know, it's just expensive everywhere. And college football, you get to sit outside on a bench. So, there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. try doing that in the Gainesville September sun when you your tank top burns onto your skin. Try doing or, that I, in in Columbus, Ohio in yeah. in December, late November. Yeah, late November in the snow. I've done that one too, but I, I would prefer anyway. that. I think. No, you would not. I'm telling you now, you would not. <laughs> anyway, all right, James. What else do we have on the schedule today? Um, well, Caitlin, uh, we started to talk a little bit about football, which is off stage, but I think you have a different <laughs> type of off the stage <laughs> section for us. So why don't you go ahead? Yes. Unless any Broadway stars are uh, making their NFL or debut this weekend, I can't say that there's football in what I'm about to talk about, but, um, what's happening off the stage? There's a few fun things going on in the next couple of days. First up tomorrow, December 9th. Tony Award winner Jennifer Holliday will reunite with original Broadway Dreamgirls co-star Cheryl Lee Ralph in the 27th annual Diva Simply Singing fundraiser for the California-based Diva Foundation for HIV-AIDS Prevention and Awareness. Also featured will be Todrick Hall, who is currently starring in Chicago on Broadway and who is also this year's recipient of the Diva's Vis- Diva Foundation's Vision Award. They will join stars from TV and music. And Simply Singing will be hosted by Diva, divinely inspired, victoriously aware founder Ralph, who originated the role of Dina Jones in Broadway's Dreamgirls. Diva Simply Singing will also honor the drivers for Project Angel Food, who gave their time to help feed people battling critical illness. Some of the proceeds for this year's Diva Simply Singing will go to support Project Angel Food. On Sunday, December 10th, James Barber, who currently stars in the title role of Broadway's Phantom of the Opera, will present the 2017 James Barber Holiday Concert at Birdland Jazz Club in New York City. His playlist includes Oh Holy Night, the Dreidel Song, the Christmas Song, and an audience participation version of the 12 Days of Christmas. And he's going to be performing numbers from his 2009 album, A Gift of Christmas. Also on December 10th, Betsy Wolf, who's currently starring in the title role of Waitress on Broadway, has scheduled a concert to celebrate the sounds of the season. After her matinee on Sunday, she will be making an appearance in Eric Peterson's 9.30 p.m. cabaret show, A Swinging Christmas at Feinstein's 54 Below. The two will perform holiday tunes sung in the style of Frank Sinatra, Harry Connick Jr., Nat King Cole, Michael Bu- and Michael Bublé. On Monday, the singing group The Broadway Boys will present the 10th annual Broadway Sings for Toys, a benefit for Toys for Tots, at 7 p.m. at the Green Room 42 in New York. 
This year's party, concert, and toy drive will feature performances by the cast of Broadway musicals such as SpongeBob SquarePants, Dear Evan Hansen, and Waitress. Also on Monday, December 11th, Katrina Lank, who plays Dina in the new musical The Band's Visit, will be the special guest of the show's composer, David Yazbek, when he performs a concert of his music at Fine Scenes 54 Below Supper Club in New York City. Yazbek will perform numbers from his three previous musicals, The Full Monty, Dirty Rotten Scoundrel, Scoundrels, and Woman of On the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown, all of which earned him Tony nom- Award nominations for Best Score. Performing with a band that includes a full horn section, Yazbek will also showcase numbers from his solo albums, songs from in-progress musical projects, and the theme song from the 1990s kids show, Where in the World is Carmen Sandiego? Which I definitely wait, miss very wait. much. What, yes. Wait, what? You're, wait, what? David Yazbek <laughs> wrote that? Apparently, when I read that, I was just as surprised as you are. That was literally my favorite show on TV when it was on TV. And it was it, it was before <laughs> you were alive, Caitlin. Um, but that and the great, the late Lynn Thigpen, Broadway's own Lynn Thigpen and all my children's Lynn Thigpen. But, oh, man, I, I have a newfound even more respect for Yazbek than I already did. I mean, I never saw the show, but I used to play the game on the computer game. Where in the world is coming? Oh, there right. you go. So, oh, well. but yeah, so that's. Um, that's it for events happening, but kind of going off of the band's visit, and I bet Matt will expect this, but I'm just going to plug a new Amazon show featuring um, <laughs> the, <laughs> featuring <laughs> Tony Shalhoub, who's in the band's visit. Uh, it's yes. called The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, and it is on Amazon Prime, and it is my creator, Amy Sherman Palladino, who did Gilmore Girls and Bunheads for you Broadway fans out there. And it is an incredible show that I just finished the first season of. And I definitely think everyone should watch it because, dare I say, it could potentially be better than Gilmore Girls one day. And I'm a huge Gilmore Girls fan. So that's how I love it. Yeah. uh, Rachel Brosnahan, who's a Broadway actress as well. She's the the lead in the show. And I believe I haven't gotten through the whole season, but I believe Katrina Link makes an appearance as well. So both Tony Shalhoub and Katrina Link um, are in the the first season. So very good. Yes. So that's all for me after I plug a show, which not unexpected for me, but (laughs) (laughs) so join me next Friday as we go over everything that's going on off the stage. So uh, during this uh, four to six inches that we're going to get this weekend, maybe people can just head over to Amazon and get that. That's a great recommendation. Right? Also, The Crown just was put back on Netflix today, which I'm very excited. Season two. Season two. I'm downloading episode one from my subway ride this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Caitlin, I didn't know you were a Gilmore Girls um, fan. Do you ever listen to the Gilmore Guys podcast? You know, I haven't, but uh, I've heard really good things about it. It's I, really know, great. I'm one of those people who, like, has a thousand podcasts she wants to listen to, but yeah. just never gets around to doing it. No, absolutely. I understand that. All right, Matt, why don't you get us out of here? All right, thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Broadway Radio, and you can find me on Twitter at BWWMatt, and subscribe to something like a pop on iTunes, Stitcher, or Google Play. And Caitlin, where can we find you? You can find me at at Kate Milligan, which is K A I T. And my name is James Marino from BroadwayVideo.com and BroadwayStars.com. 
thanks for wrapping up your week with us. Uh, we have some special things in the feed this weekend, as including um, on This Week on Broadway, we're going to talk to Eva Novozeta. And uh, Matt and I will be back and start up your week on Monday. Thank you.